ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to our another exciting episode of the Spook Show. I'm Terry Price. I am Harold Presley, and uh, welcome here to the, the regular guy look. What's happening out there in the paranormal, a weird, wacky, spooky world? That's what we do. We're just a couple of guys talking about stuff we, we like. And we started this a few weeks ago. Man, it's been going great. I've been having a lot of fun doing this. Been, been, been a lot of fun. We've had some really great guests. Yes. Some of them have really spooked me, too. I, I will say, you, I know our, my motto is that don't get spooked, but some of them have gotten to me a little bit. Yeah, you're pretty easy to start, spook, though. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, come on, man. I had to get that one in. All right. Okay. All right. Now, if you've got a good story for us, we want to hear about it, people. We love getting those emails and reaching out to us and let us know, and we'll pass along when we re- record our podcast, and we won't mention your name if you don't want it to be known. We won't say anything about your name. Your identity will be kept secret, but email is show at gmail.com. That's right. We've got to hear from you. Otherwise, uh, we don't got a show if you're not telling your stories, and yeah. uh, we like all kinds of stories. Don't forget to go by Facebook. Yes. Price Presley Show on mm-hmm. Facebook. And also the YouTube page. Go there. That's right. Like. That's right. Give us a like. I'll put a link tree link down in the yeah. bottom of our You'll see descriptions. It on there. And I'll also put down the website Dude. of our, our guest today also in the comments so you can go check out yeah. his website and everything. We've got a great show today. Now, let me ask you this before we get into it. What? You know, we had the, the, the Bigfoot shows. We're going to be talking about the Boggy Creek Monster. Now, they're not related, are they? That's what I want to know. Well, yeah. Or are they related? I think. We'll, we'll ask him. And okay. He'll, he'll all right. Know. That's but, what but, I want to know. But I'll tell you what. The legend of Boggy Creek was mm-hmm. what got me started being interested in Bigfoot. I remember you telling me that. Completely. Yeah, yeah. I was about six or seven years old. And it scared I the saw Jesus it. out of it you. It did. It scared the <laughs> crap out of me. Uh, Still and, does a little bit. That's the one that gets to you, doesn't it? That's right. It, it is. And if you talk to any Bigfoot researcher out there, mm-hmm. probably I'd say nine times out of ten, they're going to tell you that that movie is what started it for them as well. Either that or they actually saw Bigfoot. Actually saw it. Well, yeah, I'll, t- I'll but, tell you the first time I saw it. I think I was in high school, and it was showing at a drive-in. I was the driver because I was driving my father's <laughs> truck. So that's when we used to sneak in, yep. and a bunch of guys got in the bag. We laid some tarp over them, and then we all went to watch, you know, The Legend of Boggy Creek out, out at the drive-in. I tell you what, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we've got probably the f- world's foremost expert yes. on, on what happened, what actually happened, what actually happened. in Falk, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're so excited to have him here. He's an author, musician, researcher. Researcher, actor. He's a, a lot of things. Yeah, right? he's a TV personality. Yeah. He's written seven books that seven I know books. of, mm-hmm. seven books on this subject and many other cryptozoological subjects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just kind of an all-around talent. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Spook Show, Mr. Lyle Blackburn. Hello, Lyle. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here, man. Good to have you on the show, and thanks for doing this. And, man, we're going we're gonna to pick your brain. Yes, sounds good. I, I know a thing or two about it. You do. In fact, you have a you have a uh, um, and I watched it a few weeks ago. You yeah. have a uh, a show. I found it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think it was Amazon. Boggy Stop. Creek Monster. Yeah, the Boggy Creek Monster. I watched it about two three weeks ago, and he goes into quite a lot of detail on what actually happened in Falk and uh, and the reports of this this creature. Uh, well, I'm I'm curious, Lyle, Just so just for people out there that, that not totally familiar uh, with you. We want to know where you come from. Uh, I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, you're Texan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area all my life, you know, in in the suburbs when I was younger. And then I moved to Dallas in the city uh, later on. So, yeah, I've been here my whole life. Did you get interested in this particular subject then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far back as I could remember, I just loved monsters, monster movies, anything spooky. You know, somewhere in there, I got a book in school that had stories of Bigfoot, Yeti, Loch Ness Monster, mm-hmm. 
and and then I was thinking, wow, this is even cooler. It's like these these quote unquote monsters could actually exist. And then uh, I'd seen, I think I'd seen the Patterson Gimlin film. Oh yeah. And then, like you guys, my parents somewhere back took me to a drive-in, mm-hmm. and I remember the movie was The Legend of Boggy Creek, and I got <laughs> up in the front seat and watched it. And then, of course, you know that dramatizes sightings of of a Bigfoot-like creature in southern Arkansas, which is only three or three and a half hours from where I live. So that was the point where I'm like, dude, this is like horror movie meets Bigfoot movie monster. And it's not very far away. Wow. But that's where I was really just, you know, hooked. And it could be real. It could be real. That's right. You got <laughs> into it. That sounds like your story, Terry. Well, Almost. I, 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 well, I think, I think Lyle and I are about the same age. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> it I, sounds that, like this. that's about right. So, uh, well, I'll tell you, um, the thing about the, the Falk monster is, and, and I don't know that people understand this, and this is what I was going to ask you. Would you say that this creature is pretty much the same thing as what people would call a Bigfoot? I mean, I understand there are different types of Bigfoot, but would you say that th- this is what we're talking about here, a, a Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, in a general sense, people describe it as standing six or seven feet tall, covered in hair. It can walk upright. Uh, you know, bipedal like we can, you know, it, some people say it looks ape-like, some people say it looks somewhat man-like, you know, so it's a mixture of all those sort of things that Bigfoot is, and, you know, even though it has a name, a lot of those cases, especially that really predated our sort of concept of Bigfoot, or at least like in Arkansas, somebody sees a hairy ape-like thing in the woods, they weren't thinking Bigfoot. And so the newspaper first called it the Falk monster because mm-hmm. it had been seen near the small town of Falk, which mm-hmm. is in southeast Arkansas. And, you know, the, the movie Legend of Boggy Creek kind of gave it the Boggy Creek monster name. So it it has sort of a regional name and a very regional feel. And it does have some characteristics that are different than what we think of as usual Bigfoot. But, yeah, essentially it's a some sort of a Bigfoot Hmm. So we're talking about the three-toed footprints as opposed to a five-toed footprint, correct? That's one of the differences. Right, and there's that. I mean, not over the years, not all the footprints have been three-toed, but but there were some very key instances, especially that were uh, reenacted in the movie, where people had found these weird three-toed tracks. So right. that that kind of gave this whole concept of that southern bigfoots have three toes and southern bigfoots attack people and you know that movie kind of gave the creatures down here a bad reputation and a different sort of characteristics but it you know over the years of course there's find a little bit of everything it sounds it sounds like what you're saying is uh what your research doesn't line up exactly with what we saw in the movie right basically encompasses that plus just so so much more Mm -hmm. and and so many years since you know from going from the movie you know was made in 1971 and 72 and you know there's just so many sightings and things that have happened since that you know you could draw from more data yeah than you could then so yeah there's 
the scope of it just becomes more puzzling. Well, it, it's it, we got to keep in mind here that they were making a movie to scare people. Exactly. So, so they want they want to scare people. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, you know, and that's why I think he was saying. Yeah, they're going to wrap it up a little bit. Southern yeah. Bigfoot's a bad name. So yeah, to speak. exactly. And I mean, the, what you see in the movie is. You know, Charles Pierce, the director at the time, and just to give people a a sense of what this is all about, in May of 1971, some reports made the newspaper of people being terrorized and attacked or sightings of a ape-like creature uh, that would be seen in that Falk area in, in the Sulphur River bottoms. And it had been seen prior to that, but it had never been made public. So once that came out in the newspaper... Well, then they became a big deal in Texarkana Gazette, and Charles Pierce was kind of a would-be director. He'd been wanting to do a movie, and like, man, there's this story down there. You know, maybe I can make a documentary or just go down there and film and talk to these people who have seen this monster. And so uh, thereby kind of documenting that in a way, but also kind of in the end, once he started really making a movie, it kind of – transformed into this more of a horror movie like okay we're gonna play at the scary parts right yeah and that's what really that was the key that worked for it because if it would have been a straight documentary it wouldn't have been as exciting so yes he sensationalizes the accounts a bit but he's basically just showing what happened this is what happened to these people and by doing you know giving it a name like legend of boggy creek and it was scary Uh it just Boom! In the '70s, it was it was just a sensation because it was made for about $160,000, which will you know for an independent filmmaker in Arkansas was a chunk chunk of change. But right. it made like $25 million in the '70s. Yeah, and I back mean, then that's a, that's a lot made a of lot, money. Made a lot of money back yeah. then. It was a lot. So well, I, it was a you know, whole thing. Well, before we go any further into the story, actual story of Boggy Creek, we need to. I think we need to let our listeners know that. This creature is not specific to Falk, Arkansas. The northeastern part of Texas, southern part of Arkansas, the eastern, southeastern part of Oklahoma, all of those areas are pretty big Bigfoot hotspots. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. They there. There's a history of these kind of encounters all throughout there as well, and they kind of get overshadowed, obviously, because they didn't have a movie. But right. in, in my follow up to the Beast of Boggy Creek. I have a book called Beyond Boggy Creek where I kind of do say, you know, that's the most famous, but hey, there's all these other cases and they are very similar to what you have in Boggy Creek. You know, some people just see a glimpse of it and in some cases, you know, these creatures attack people. It's very similar. Right. I was raised in southeast Oklahoma, and I can tell you that is some wild country out there. Uh, I, I personally believe that a, that a large bipedal hominoid uh, could definitely survive out there. I'm sure you've been there before being a researcher and all, but there's a lot of country out there. People don't think of Oklahoma as Bigfoot country, but it really was way up there on the top of numbers of sightings. And, uh-huh. of course, if you do go into that southeastern portion Washita Mountains and things, you're like, wow, this is some open country, and it doesn't fit what you kind of just think of as Oklahoma. That's right. That's absolutely right. Now, getting back to Boggy Creek and the creature at Boggy Creek, when they made this film, I, I understand uh, one of the big locals that was involved with making the movie was Smokey Crabtree. Um, Smokey Crabtree 
was a guy who had kind of been involved in that since around 1965 before the movie was made because his son Lynn had a really dramatic sighting of this creature on their property around 64 or 65 and that drew him in so when Charles Pierce the director went down there he ended up hooking up a Smokey as a liaison to kind of talk to the locals who had had sightings and uh, to take uh, Pierce back into the into the bayous you know the areas of mercer bayou and days creek and boggy creek to get what we see on film some of that great scenery and uh so Smokey was connected to this the rest of his life you know i i knew Smokey. he and i were friends and he's passed on now but before me he was the boggy creek guy yeah. you know he, he yeah. was there so and you great. talk about an expert of that area. He really, he really was. He knew every, every nook and cranny and corner of the Sulphur River bottoms, didn't he? Absolutely. I mean, he, he grew up there and he, he came from a time that he had to go out hunting, squirrel hunting and, and such to put food on the fa- table to survive. And I, I mean, I've never met anybody that I, I feel is a better woodsman than Smokey in my whole life. Yeah. It's, it's a shame he's no longer with us. Well, now, Let's get into the real meat and potatoes of, of, of this show. Uh, let's talk about the creature itself and uh, the true story behind the creature uh, and, and what happened uh, and is still happening. And we're going to just turn it over to you and let you talk about that a little bit. Right. You know, this is a phenomenon that's continued. And, you know, I guess, firstly, it did influence a lot of the Bigfoot researchers, like you mentioned, uh, you know, folks who had seen this movie back in the 70s or, you know, or perhaps even uh, their dad would, you know, love the movie and would show it to them. You know, before there was a lot of sort of the stuff on the cable channels like we have now, and it influenced a lot of people to get into it. So, uh, but as the years went on, people weren't aware that sightings continued because they kind of maybe were in the newspaper and then you know, things moved on. And even myself, when I really started looking into it in terms of I'm going to write a book on this to to talk about, you know, not only the history of the sightings, but how that movie was made, which is a feat unto itself. I went up there and started meeting people and talking. And then I realized, man, there's been some really great stuff and sightings and very credible reports that have been going on all since the 70s. And even a lot that had preceded uh, stuff going way back in the early 1900s. So wow. a very long history of sightings. And so then as I kind of entered the picture and started personally interviewing people who had had sightings like, say, in the 80s and the 90s, that began to build a bigger picture and a longer history of which then I documented begin to document in my various books and then the documentary film that you were talking about, Boggy Creek Monster. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of getting it out there in, in the in the general subject of Bigfoot that Boggy Creek isn't something that was just a great phenomenon back then. It's actually going on. I can bring forward, you know, TV shows. I've been on various shows and I'll bring some of the witnesses and say, you know, you got to talk to this guy because you know, he had a great sighting, et cetera, et cetera, and um, am able to offer modern witnesses, I guess, that have seen this creature that we can't quite prove, but the stories are very credible and something's going on. 
Well, that's the thing. There, there's there's so many, and I read a lot of the reports from down and around that area um, here a while back. I'm I'm an armchair researcher. I, I've got a bad hip, so I can't get out into the woods like I used to. Uh, but I read a lot of these reports, and there have been reports where he this creature has been seen from the highway there. What is that, 74, I think? I think that's the uh, highway 71, 71, 71. Uh, the one report that sticks out in my mind is this truck driver was driving over the, over boggy Creek and he saw the creature just standing on the banks of the Creek there. And this was not too long ago. It it seems like, but, uh, this is, this is still going on. Now the house that is predominant in the movie, uh, the Ford house, is that that right? Yes. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone now. Right. Right. The, the Ford house um, where really the most famous encounter occurred. The first one that was in the papers in May of 71, where a family was attacked. That house was torn down um, some years later. And, and I know where the property is, but there's no, nothing standing there now. Now, is it is it pretty far out of town or is it real close to, to uh, Falk proper? It's pretty close to Falk. It, it's actually the most north that there's sightings. Of. It's a couple of miles north on Highway 71 okay. where um, most of all the other sightings are south of that or over to the west into the Stouffer River bottoms and, and areas like that. So, So it's kind of at the limit end of where most of the sightings would occur but back in those days that property there still was right right there but it was even more wooded and it it is pretty close to the top end of boggy creek so once i kind of started looking at it geographically i'm like okay i see what's going on here they're not far from boggy creek they were probably one of the only houses out there at the time so you know it makes a lot of sense so that saying that you hear a lot in the movie he always travels the river bottoms do you believe that that's pretty much the way that these creatures traverse the country through the river bottoms like that yeah definitely there there's a there is a definite pattern to that the more sightings you kind of try to pinpoint on the map the more you realize that they predominantly occur near water sources everything from creeks obviously to rivers to swampy areas and uh, lakes because obviously these are going to be the places where there's water food vegetation usually the most annual rainfall so yeah what they sort of outlined in that movie in 1972 is literally what bigfoot researchers follow today I wouldn't say people ask, you know, do they migrate and all this stuff? And like any, you know, large predator, you know, presumably if these creatures exist, they're going to move in a wide range, you know. Right. If they have small populations or family groups, the males are going to have to kind of move to other ones in order to, you know, continue the the family lineage, so to speak, and as well to seek where the best areas are for food and what's going on. So the best place to travel a lot of times are these river bottoms. You know, they're, they're going under highways, under bridges. They're usually covered with trees, at least in right around the river. Uh-huh. Th- those are just the best places where they can be unseen as they move where they need to go. Well, that's something that brings up a really good question is that these things are smart enough to know that they need to hide. Yeah, presumably. I mean, I think I usually kind of go by 
you know, let's think logically about this. If they do indeed exist, in order for them to have remained unproven to this day, it just stands to reason that they have some certain sensibility about staying as reclusive as they can. There's probably a very, very low population of them. You know, there's there's just not many, which reduces the sightings and the possibilities of finding dead ones and other kind of things. So yeah, I think, you know, they, they have to have above average intelligence or otherwise, you know, if they're like armadillos just wandering across the road, we'd have had a body by now. That's right. That's right. I think so. Well, let's get into some of the uh, uh, events that took place in Falk, Arkansas. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the events that were in the movie, but I do want to touch on the Fords and what happened to them uh if you if you can, uh, just tell us what you have learned actually happened. Okay, so in that in- instance, this uh, started in late April of 1971, and two families, the Fords and the Taylors, moved to Falk, and the men came there for work. So they were new to the area, and they rented this house that was up there off Highway 71. And right off the bat, they started hearing some things creeping around on the porch. Something was out there, you know, they some kind of animal. A couple of the guys were fishing down by the creeks down there and saw some strange-looking footprints. And uh, then it kind of progressed from there. On the first night, you know, they heard something. The next night, uh, something was at the window and they saw what they call a hairy hand or a paw or something reached in the window because the windows were up and uh, something reached in there and they scrambled out the door and saw what they thought looked to be something running like man size bulky figure running away from the house and so they were really spooked and went to the sheriff and you know, said somebody or something's around the house. So he came and looked and didn't see anything, but he let him borrow a gun. That ended up on the Saturday night where sort of all hell broke loose, where the thing came back and was trying to get in the house. And they confronted it and went outside with the shotgun. Whatever this thing was ran, and they said it looked like it was covered in hair, but, you know, could run on two legs, and they, they shot at it. You know, they they couldn't quite tell if they hit it or not, so they took the flashlight and the shotgun and went down there looking in the field. They don't see it there. They don't see any blood. And then they heard the wives back up at the house start screaming. And so Bobby Ford, which was the younger brother of Don Ford that was there, was going back up to the house, and something came around the corner and grabbed him, and he fought with this thing. Then he nearly jumped through the front door, basically busted through the screen and into the house and got away from this thing. And he was all busted up and he had fought with whatever this big creature was. And so they got him in the car and took him over to to the Texarkana Hospital. He was completely in shock and freaking out. You know, the doctors obviously, well, what happened? And they're like, well, uh, Bobby was attacked by a big hairy monster in foul. And you you can only imagine that that created a a stir. And then the doctor called Dave Hall, which worked at a local radio station. And that's where the story leaked out. And then it was in the Texarkana Gazette the next day. It says something like family terrorized by hairy monster. And, you know, it became a circus. There was people lined up outside the Ford house. And oh, my. It's it like any a, story. You know, add people add stuff to yeah. it, and all of a sudden you've got something 
not the truth anymore. Right. You know? Wow. You know, what you see in the movie is basically exactly what happened, except for the scene where my late friend Glenn Carruth, who played Bobby Ford in the movie, was sitting on the toilet and yeah. the creature <laughs> reached in the window. You know, stuff like that. That's one of my of, favorite scenes. That's so. That, that's an awesome scene. Yeah. I'm going to go back and watch this again. It's been so long since I've seen it. You know, people remember that. But, you know, those little little things are added. <laughs> but essentially, all the stuff you see in the movie, I mean, they show the creature creeping around they shoot at it they end up in the hospital all that actually happened well let's break this down with with you knowing as much as you do about everything down there and have having researched into the creature itself for as long as you have why do you suppose the creature was trying to get into the house i mean there aren't that many instances at least that i've read there's been a few where the creature actually tries to get into a house why do you suppose he was trying to get into their house the theory was that it was trying to get to their small dog because after a few nights of it, they began to sense that it was outside the rooms where the dog was. Why would it want the dog? The constable and, and those the game warden and stuff, they found some what they thought were panther tracks in the house, although the Ford said they saw something running upright on two legs. They're like, it's not a panther. Yeah. That's what they kind of said at first. But later on, backtracked and said, well, maybe it was a panther, but they saw a hairy hand come in the window. Not, right. They yeah. said it looked more like a hand or a bear. Obviously, you can tell the paw of a wildcat. Right. Yes, you guys, right. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not like they have arms or anything. If a cat was trying to get its arm through a window, you'd see the cat. You'd see too. the cat. You yeah. would. Yeah. You wouldn't just see an arm. Whenever uh, Bobby Ford had his encounter with this thing, it doesn't seem to me like something that big and, and as strong as they're purportedly to be that had the thing wanted to kill him, it, it would have. Yeah. yeah, I think it could have. But kudos to Bobby because somehow he, he got free of its grasp. But you think a powerful creature like that, if it really wanted to overcome you, it, it definitely could. Or it let him go. You know, well, yeah. I think maybe yeah. it came around the corner and Bobby was there. It startled and, him, and, and you know, yeah. it, it was basically trying to protect itself. That's what know? it seems like to me. What do you think, Lyle? Yeah, yeah. I think it was a kind of a surprise encounter, and you know, they just got tangled yeah. up. Tangled there. up. You know, because when the women started screaming, and that's when Bobby went back to the house to see what's going on. What's going on, yeah. Their screams might have sent that thing running around the side of the house, and, and it was dark. He, Bobby didn't carry the flashlight back, so he never really – he didn't – get as good of a look as they had gotten prior so right you just bought with whatever had been creeping around the whole time and if it would have just been that one thing you might say ah, okay maybe it's a panther and stuff but mm -hmm. you know a couple couple weeks later some very credible upstanding citizens were driving north on highway 71 pretty close to boggy creek and saw this what they said look like this they described it as a monkey-like thing, essentially a primate-looking hairy thing run across the, the road long, right in front of the car. That's happened a lot in the Falk area along Highway 71. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few encounters there, and I mean, there still are. I've got one from a couple of years ago, or even there was one very recently. It was just off one of the county roads right there off 71. So, yeah, you, it's still an area where there's some woods and People still see it running across the road. Now, a lot of what you just told us, is that is that in the book here, The the Beast of Boggy Creek, the true story of the Falk Monster? That one came out in 2012, and I wrapped up the research in 2010. Okay. So that's, those sightings go to 2010, essentially. Yeah. In my sequel, Beyond Boggy Beyond Creek, Boggy Creek. I, I, I do include some more that go up to 2014, I think, mm -hmm. and then 
the Mombongi Creek casebook, which is a very much newer book, it goes all the way up to 2020. So yep. nice. Okay. And right. just for you folks listening, if you're watching on YouTube, I will have a graphic up that will show you the, these you books that he's talking about. Um, so that area is still a pretty small place. It's, it's yeah. not a it's not, not a, a big huge place town. At all. There's still, I mean, it's 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 in the middle of prime area for these things to habitate. There are all kinds of reports from around those areas. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Falk has an unusually high concentration of sightings as opposed to some of the other places, but it's fairly well interconnected uh, there from straight down to East Texas. And you can find a, you know, I've documented a Bigfoot creature called the Caddo creature, which is near Caddo Lake in East Texas. Mm -hmm. It, it may be known by a different regional specialized name, but essentially it's very much the same kind of general Bigfoot-like creature. And something could walk through those woods and be unseen and get from both one place to the I've other. I've heard that name before. Yeah. When I was in college. Yeah. When I was in East Texas there and we'd go camping. In the Piney Woods. I, it just made me think of this when I heard that name because, yeah, we were out there in the woods and they were telling the stories, trying to scare us. And it did. It worked. <laughs> they, were talking about, they were talking about this cattle monster or something like that. Got to be careful and all this stuff. I do remember hearing that. Yeah, they called it the uh, Marion County monster. That's it. Yeah, I've probably heard that. at the yes. and it was yes. in nineteen sixty-five. There were a bunch of news articles because a a kid by the name of Johnny Maples, who lived there in Jefferson, Texas, near Cattle Lake, had been chased by one of these in broad daylight, and so yeah, that became something that was knowledgeable to a lot of people back in the 60s and well are, mm. are these things i mean obviously they're a wild animal of some type if they exist would you say that these things are, are fairly dangerous or are they if you leave them alone they'll leave you alone kind of thing i think by and large i mean they're they're not out there killing people and they're not you know out to harm you there's very few cases where they seem to be overly aggressive and so i don't think they're they're dangerous, you know, but it's, it's like a bear or something. I mean, most of the time you see a bear, they don't come running after you. They just go off and do their own thing. But if you happen to get on their bad side that day, or they perceive you as a threat to their young, suddenly they attack. Mm -hmm. And so. Isn't know, that like pretty much anything in nature though? I mean, well, yeah, birds yeah. will do that. If you come near their nest, I mean, the mama's, yeah. it, she, will, she will peck the hell out of you, you know? Well, exactly. Yeah. So they, they could very, I mean, it, like say, if they if these exist, they're products of nature. They're going to act like any other you know creatures out there. Well, I don't I don't want to put you on the spot, Lyle, but I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm going to. You know, we've we've all said if they exist, if they're real, if there's such a creature. What is your opinion? Do you believe that there is something out there roaming these woods and swamps? You know, without and I say without having seen it, I have seen something, but I couldn't definitively say that I saw it for sure. But I've had some experiences my own, and I've interviewed a lot of people. So short of having, you know, just absolutely seeing it, I can only really say I believe it's very possible that there is something out there. I don't know if we'll ever find it or discover it, but but I believe there's something to it beyond just people making up stories or hallucinating or however you want to try to explain it away. Misidentification okay. or whatever. Yeah. I think there is something out there. Okay, now Terry said he wasn't going to put you on the spot, but I'm 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 definitely going to put you on the spot right now because you said something there. You got you got to share at least one of these experiences. What did you What happened? 
the spookiest one yeah. was happened. See, I believe this was in 2014. Myself and and my late research partner Tom Shirley, who mm-hmm. was another Texan here, we did a lot of, you know, going to woods together and yeah. looking into these cases. We were out there one night. We we were on uh, Mercer Bayou, which is in the Boggy Creek area. We often took the canoe out, would paddle into these swamps at night. And so it was about midnight. We'd paddled up from our camp and we hear this howl coming from the woods and we kind of stop, you know, and it's a lot of ambient noise, frogs right. and insects. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we tried to listen and we're like, man, is that the weirdest coyote you ever heard? He's like, I don't think that was a coyote. Well, then it howled again, just off to the bank there. And at this point we are like, whoa. You know, we're trying to eliminate normal animals. And this was this howling, growl, low howl. And then it did it a third time. And by now we're like, whoa, it's not far away. What the hell is it? It was pretty spooky, and but it didn't do it again. So we decided, okay, we turned around. We paddled down the, the channel and went back. And about the time we get to where our camp was, we pulled the canoe out. And there's this hill there. It was kind of the only place to camp because you can't. I mean, there's alligators in there. You don't want to camp right down on the water. So right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> up on the hill. We pulled that canoe out, got up on the hill. Now we hear this howling thing right down there, right across the water from where we pulled the canoe out. You know, he scrambles for the audio recorder, and I grab a flashlight and just basically run through the trees down there towards that, <laughs> trying to see what it was. It took off and it howled again, but now it was about 50 yards away in an instant. Wow. And then again, it, it ran and got further. So I never saw it. But of course, your adrenaline's pumping, mm-hmm. but you're out here in the pitch black. You know, nobody really knows that we're camped there. It was really scary because we we're thinking, whoa, did this thing see us or hear us or something up on the bayou and then follow us right. down that whole time walking in the woods next to us and got to camp and then. You know, that's when you go, okay, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, that, yeah. it was definitely something. I got, I get two questions, <laughs> two follow-up questions. One, were you able to get any audio of it? We did. One of those times we recorded something, but we didn't have a parabolic mic, so it's uh, very faint, faint because okay. you hear so much the ambient noise. Right. It's really loud in a swamp, and, that you know, that was in May, and yeah. so – Unfortunately, it's not great audio as it goes compared to what we heard in person. But yeah, we did get it on. Oh, you you got something on there. You get audio, yeah. And my second question is, were you armed? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. I want to make sure you have protection. (laughs) We're armed and and mainly for for the reason there's a ton of of wild, nasty hogs down there. Oh, yeah, man. Don't uh, mess with them, man. They're very aggressive, man. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's cougars out there, and there's uh, not to mention a plethora of snakes, snakes, and all kinds of stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah cottonmouth, water moccasins. I've seen I figured those. you were. I just had to ask the question, make sure we knew that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, some people, some people ask, and they're like, "You're not out to shoot Bigfoot." I was like, "Dude, I'm not worried about the Bigfoot. I'm worried about his other stuff." That's right. It's not him we're worried about. We're about every well, everything else, you know. If I were if I were going to be camping around, yeah, I'm going to have some pictures. I'm going to have some with me. You know, that's stupid not to have some. Not even. Me not even looking for Bigfoot. If no. I was just fishing or something, yeah. I'd have, I'd have something, but Lyle, I wish you could have seen Harold's face whenever you were talking about running towards 
towards it. Harold's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you ran towards it. See, that's the problem right there. You know, I'm running the other way. I can record over here. I don't need to be over there. <laughs> I can record here. Harold's sitting over here going like, white people. I just don't get it. <laughs> you people. <You're> right. <laughs> we're, we're crazy, man. You're nuts, man. <laughs> Jesus, there's a noise in the woods there. Let's go see what it is. No, what? Well, Let's not go. Let's stay right here until it goes away. Let's do that, okay? Well, we are fast running out of time. This has gone by so fast. Wow. We may have to have you on some other time. We'll follow up. We yeah, we'll do another, yeah. He's going to be traveling a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we didn't I'm even gonna, get into his band or anything. I know, you know? But I do want to mention. We say that for another show. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Lyle, but you're going to be at Texas Frightmare Weekend in September. Is that correct? Yes, that's next weekend in Dallas. Right. And then in October, you're going to go to my my, my old stomping grounds uh, down around Hanobia, which in Oklahoma, you don't call it Hanobia, it's Hanobi. And uh, yeah. that's in October 1st and 2nd, correct? Right. The Bigfoot the Conference. Bigfoot Conference there. Right. It, it happens every year. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be speaking at that. Down there at good old Hanobi. Hanobi. Um, and then October 15th and 16th, you're also going to be at the Texas Bigfoot Conference in Jefferson. Is that correct? That's correct, Definitely and that's Texas, the 20th anniversary, believe it or not, that, really? that that thing has been going on for 20 years. I've always wanted to go. Realize. Yeah, I've always wanted to go, and I never have made it yet. Folks, you can see all these books written by Lyle Blackburn yeah. at his website, yeah. www.lyleblackburn.com. Anything you want to know, anything you want to know about Lyle, you can get at that website, lyleblackburn.com. Com. And he's got lots of great things. Like he's got a T-shirt that I got to have. It's a glow in the dark T-shirt. Oh, glow the, on. the the beast from Boggy Creek. It's it's very oh, cool. Oh, I, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll go to the side and check it out. I'm he's even got hot sauce. I'm so excited. I know you're you're excited about that I hot ordered sauce. Some, you yeah. ordered some. It should be here any day. Yeah. Now, I can get it tomorrow. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how the hot sauce is. You yeah. Tell me. You know. I, well, I'll I'll just have you over and we'll, yeah, we'll have well have a little sampling. You know. That's right. Um, and then he's got videos. Uh, you. You did a video on the Mothman in Point Pleasant. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that. We just, you know. Yeah, this, it's a company called Small Town Monsters. It's a film company out of Ohio. And we, after we did the Boggy Creek Monster, or they had me as part of that, I then started narrating their movies. These are full-length feature film documentaries that mm. are uh, on various platforms. But, yeah, we did Mothman and kind of carried forth. And that all came from doing the Boggy Creek Monster one because I people – like the way I narrated it and so forth. Real real nice. quickly, Lyle, you wrote a book about the Lizard Man. Can you just mm. give us a little taste of what that's about? That was a case in some ways similar to the Boggy Creek case. That one occurred in the late 80s in Bishopville, South Carolina. Okay. And it's a small town out there located in proximity to Skateboard Swamp. And back in, in and around 1988, people started reporting sightings of this reptilian humanoid thing that uh, walked upright on two legs it had brownish or greenish scaly skin uh, you know red eyes and it reportedly attacked this young man who unfortunately had a flat tire near skateboard swamp one night uh, it tried to get in the car and attack him and then a bunch of other witnesses saw it and the sheriff's department was heavily involved in looking into this case and, uh, you know, I thought it was cool because it's kind of like a modern-day creature from the Black Lagoon type of a thing. Yeah. And it, it kind of, again, affected that whole small town like the Boggy Creek has in Falk. And so I ended up 
going out there and I knew the retired sheriff who was involved and I wrote a book on that. That was my second book. Yeah, I think that's going to be my next book that I ordered. Do you think that this thing could have possibly been the same creature, but maybe with a skin condition, uh, uh, lost all its hair or, or, or something like that? Or do you think it was actually a reptilian kind of thing do you, from your research? Well, that you know, certainly a theory is that, you know, it's hard to explain one cryptid with another that, okay, well, it was just a mangy Bigfoot or a yeah. foot covered in algae or, but you know, the, the, the concept and possibilities of any sort of a bipedal reptilian thing or even a hybrid between humans and reptiles just so out there biologically that you do look for a more simpler explanation right right um so yeah that one that one is even just even harder to explain but again I interview re- rational, reasonable people who's like, I saw this thing. I don't know what the hell it was, but I saw it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to dispute that. What about Dogman? Do you do, have you done any research into that? Do you believe that that's just another Bigfoot, or do you believe there's really something out there that looks like a dog? Well, yeah, that's another kind of in the zone of the lizard man. Um, you know, I believe people have seen something, and they certainly have, whether that is something that's a little more upright and bipedal like that looks anything like a person or is it uh, a canid that exceptionally large that has developed a knack for walking on two legs for a period of time uh, that's a possibility but yeah. you know dogman is cool it's like people seeing werewolves so yeah yeah um i've been look i've been researching that lately a little bit more i've gotten sightings over the years but um yeah there's a lot of cool werewolf history in Texas, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Wow. We are definitely going to have to have you back sometime. I've always found the story of the Beast of LBL pretty interesting. The land between the lakes up there. That that story, I don't know if it's real or not, but that story's been making the rounds on the internet for years. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, a dogman hot spot. And one of my buddies, Bart Nunnally, lives in that area and has gone up in there extensively and you know, same kind of thing. They've documented some pretty good sightings, and I don't know. That's a scary place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, definitely. Well, um, listen, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know you have things to do, and uh, we've almost reached our, our limit for this episode. Uh, we sure do appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, folks, check out Ghoul Town, which is Lyle Blackburn's band. I'm, I'm telling you, if, if you like, explain to them what, t- what kind of music you play, Lyle. If you can see the video, check out his videos. They're awesome. Yeah, the band, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain because we don't really fit a certain genre. I just say it's a middle ground somewhere between Rob Zombie and Johnny Cash. Kind of a that's right, a rock and roll Tex-Mex thing mixed with some horror and spaghetti western it's great. elements. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Check that out, folks. And again, you can see everything Lyle does by going to his website at www.lyleblackburn.com. Check out his band, his books, his videos, his hot sauce, <laughs> all of it. Lyle, you have been an absolutely exceptional guest. We are so grateful that you have come on to the show. Um, and we wish you all the best at, at the conferences coming up. Uh, if I can make one, I'm going to try to make one to meet you in person, but, uh, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Good times. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, 
you've heard from Lyle Blackburn, and I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, be sure you go down and click the subscribe button on our YouTube channel or our follow button on any of the other various platforms that you can hear the show on, and drop by our Facebook page and uh, give us a follow and a comment and tell us what you thought of the show today. Go down in the comments and let us know what you think. Plus, send us your stories if you got them, PricePresleyShow at gmail.com. Get those in. We'd love to share your story out there with everybody else. Maybe you got a uh, you know, a Bigfoot, a Boggy Creek monster story. I don't know. We'd love to hear that, though. That's right. And if it's good enough and Harold gets chills running up and down his spine, we may just have <laughs> you be on the show if you want to. And we will keep you anonymous. We'll give you a- I'm good as long as it's not rats, man. <laughs> no rats. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm fine, with big, I'm fine with Bigfoot and Boggy Creek and everything else, UFOs. But if, there, if, there, if it's a rat man or something like that, I'm out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's about all the time we have for this episode of the Spook Show. Be sure you uh, give us a follow and give us a like and give us a comment. We want to hear from you. I'm Jerry Price. I am Harold Presley. Don't get spooked.